Hey y'all, this is Dally Thomas with Red Dirt Merch. Today we've got Texas country artist Johnny Chops. Surviving during this quarantine sesh. I hear you, man. I hear you. That's that's the name of the game right now. For those who haven't heard of you and your sound, can you tell us a little about yourself and how you got started in the Texas country music scene? Sure thing, man. I uh, I was going to school down there in St. Marcus at uh, what used to be called Southwest Texas. It's called Texas State now, I think. And uh, I was playing in bands playing bass, uh, playing in some honky-tonk bands, and I got really lucky. Um, a roommate of mine at the time, he came in late one night, just hammered, <laughs> and uh, he, but he was real happy, like he had a great time. He said, man, I, I know you're playing in some bands and stuff, but you need to go, you need to hook up with these guys I just saw, you, you need to play with them. And it was, I think it was Randy and some other guys, maybe they were doing a song swap or something. I don't know exactly, but I know Randy was one. I said, yeah, sure, man, whatever. I kind of dismissed it, you know. So you just you just had too many, you know. But um, about a week or two later, or it wasn't very long after that, I saw an ad on the wall at a bar down there I was hanging out at for a bass player. So uh, I called him up and turned out it was Randy Rogers they were looking for somebody so uh, he said yeah man I'll, I'll give you some CDs learn the music and you know show up at my house next week at whatever time and bring your gear and see if you can learn the stuff so I took it home and learned it tried out um, and uh, I guess they liked my bass rig or my plan or something let me join up and that was back when we were you know pretty lucky to make 500 bucks in a suburban right but it's but stuck with him, and Randy was good enough to, you know, offer me the spot. Uh, been playing with him ever since. Uh, just keep doing the thing. And you're still playing with him right now? Yeah, well, if we were playing shows, I would be. Right. 
Have y'all been doing any uh, like online stuff during this quarantine with Randy? Not really as a band. Um, we've kind of talked about it, but um, not really. Randy's done some stuff solo, and, and I think he's done some Hold My Beer shows here and there, but it's been kind of tough to get everybody in the same room together. Right. So uh, I know you've done you know, stuff with Randy Rogers, and you've also had your uh, solo career with uh, Johnny Chops and the Razors, correct? Yes, sir. And uh, how would you uh, describe your y'all sound on that? Sure, man. Um, so when I have time away from RRB, I've always been a songwriter and a guitar player and a singer. Um, so uh, I write songs pretty regularly. I've probably written, I don't know, 300 songs or something like that in my life, maybe more. Um, and a few years back, I decided to finally record them and start performing them a little bit and it's a little bit more rock and roll it's i guess you could call it roots rock americana if you're looking for a word um but it's pretty broad style wise we do everything from like 70s and 80s country to um a little bit of soul music um some rockabilly uh some straight blues stuff um some things that I've written that we've played with Randy. So there's a little bit of kind of Texas red dirt flavor in there too. It's, it's pretty broad, um, but I would say it's basically bluesy rock uh, and some storytelling thrown in there. Right. And who are some of your inspirations that uh, kind of influenced you in to getting into the music scene? Um, I've always been a big fan of songwriters. Uh, Tom Petty is one of my favorites. He's like the best at saying a whole lot with a little bit, um, you know, great hooks. Um, I love the blues guys from way back in the day, Muddy Waters, Robert Johnson, all the Delta blues stuff has always been a big influence on me. Um, I love that style. Um, also the Texas songwriters from, from back in the day, Rodney Crowell, uh, Guy Clark, Towns Van Zant. I mean, those guys are you just they kind of set the mold for me as far as they set the bar for songwriting. Right, some legends. Um, and even, you know, even some of the Memphis stuff, some of the more school-based things, like uh, there's a guy, um, what's his name, William Bell. He's a blues and, and soul songwriter from Memphis. Um, he's an older guy. He's one of my favorites as well. So uh, you wrote... And well, help wrote the <clears throat> last last chance song by the Randy Rogers band, and uh, released your first solo album, Sticks and Stones, in 2013, and have had multiple popular songs, including the Ten Cent Talkers. How would you define your success so far? Um, yeah, for me, success is just being able to keep playing music. You know. Uh, Having a couple people at your shows is nice, too. Um, having some people listening to it and wanting to do podcasts with you, I think, is a great thing. Um, as long as I can continue to, to keep writing and keep putting music out, I'd say that's success for me. That's always been my goal, is to not have to get a day job. <laughs> right. Um, so those who haven't heard, I mean, those who are listening to this podcast right now, that do know of you have probably heard the 10 cent talkers song uh can you 
<laughs> right. Can you uh, define, give your definition of what a 10 cent talker is? <laughs> I would say it's somebody who has a lot to say but doesn't really say anything. Um, you know, like a lot of times when someone's trying to sell you on something that maybe isn't all that great. Um, you know, somebody's trying to sell you like a lemon of a used car. Oh, and right. They, and they spend... 30 minutes telling you how great it is instead of showing you. <laughs> so I would say it's just about, you know, talking about things, but not necessarily doing them. And I think, honestly, we all do that sometimes. You know, sometimes you kind of have to. That's kind of why in the third verse I sort of mentioned, like, I kind of call myself out. Because it's a little bit of a calling people out type of song. So I feel like if you're going to call people out, you got to look at yourself too. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure I've done that as well. I've talked about how great I think I am and, Maybe I don't always deliver everything I say I'm going to. Because I think everybody does that sometimes. Oh, yeah. No, like whenever I was listening to it, I uh, I could tell it says that, uh, you know, there's humble people and then there's proud people and then there's uh, tents and talkers. I think we're all guilty of being all of those. Sure, absolutely. And we kind of got to, you know, step aside right now and find that medium of, are you going to be proud or are you going to be humble at a moment and listen to someone? Right. Exactly. Very true. Very true. That's a good way to tie it into everything that's going on. right? Yes, sir. And, uh, for your most recent, uh, single that you've got out right now, you released in, uh, June of this year, hope is contagious. Can you, yeah. uh, tell us a little about that song and your message behind it? Yeah, sure. Um, we were, my wife and I have been <clears throat> sitting at the house, you know, for the past what, 17 or 16 or 18 weeks. And uh, one afternoon, um, I was sitting on the back porch and it started raining. And I just went and picked up my guitar. We were just sitting back there relaxing and I started playing something. <clears throat> I said, I kind of like this. And she said, I like it too. And she's not usually a songwriter, but she's a very creative person. So I said, how about me and you write this right now? We got nowhere else to go and nothing else to do. And um, we just kind of wrote it about where we were at that moment. And we were looking through, we literally were looking through some old pictures. And um, we found this box of 8mm film from her family back when they were little, little kids. Um, some of it was before she was even born. Her brother and sister that are older than her and her grandparents. We watched through these old eight millimeter films. I have a I have an old brownie projector that actually plays them. Uh, you know, we just killing time, and uh, we thought, you know, this is a good time for people to reflect and think about good times, and, and we want people to remember those good times and know that they're not gone forever. So we we wanted to put kind of a message with it, and we thought it might be a nice thing to put out. And so once we got the song done. Um, we actually recorded the whole thing remotely. I cut all the vocals and acoustic stuff here at my house, and I uh, sent them over to David Aveda, and he added all the other instrumentation and did the mix. And uh, so once we got the song done, we said, you know, let's see what else we can do with this. Um, we wanted to tie it into some kind of a charity. So uh, since people aren't really buying music anymore, it's tough to, to, to turn that into a, a fundraiser. Um, we decided to have some face masks made and t-shirts that say hope is contagious too on them. 
And so every one of those we sell, we give the profits to a local volunteer group here that works with uh, shelter dogs. Um, they're called the Orange Dot Crew. So every time you buy a Hope is Contagious mask or a t-shirt, you're helping out um, a really cool volunteer organization that helps dogs who have trouble uh, adjusting to life outside the shelter. They're kind of like institutionalized dogs. Like maybe you could compare it to people who have been in prison for too long. Um, they don't quite know how to adjust to a normal house and a normal family, so they need extra time and care. So we thought they were a deserving organization, and we could maybe raise a little bit of money to help them out. So we're using that song as just to try to do some good in the world. That's really cool, man. Like, uh, I listened to it, and, you know, that's great with any song. It's like, it, it doesn't matter, you know, even your message behind it, that, that that's awesome. And the, the organization that you're helping out, but like in this time that everyone's like reflecting on so many things and, um, it doesn't matter like the, the predicament that you're in, you know, someone's going to listen to a song and take it their way and, uh, focus it on their life and what it's meaning to them, you know? And I love, I love that, uh, Whenever I listen to it, I uh, I love that it's saying, you know, you're saying one silver lining, one shooting star, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel kind of opening up a, uh, you know, just like a, opening up a message is what I got from it. Good, good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Um, I hope that it connects with people and I hope that it, I hope it gives them some hope to be <laughs> a little wordy there right to not just focus on the the negatives in life but actually uh focus on uh the hopes that we have yeah absolutely I, I write all kinds of songs sometimes i write dark ones but it just felt like the world was dark enough right now to maybe put out something a little brighter right i agree with you on that man <laughs> So uh, what's been uh, the most difficult part of your career as an independent artist so far? Um, other than what's going on right now, which I think is universal for everybody, um, I think we got really lucky when we started with Randy that we caught the very tail end of the industry still selling a physical product. So, you know, you used to be able to... to put all of your work and your sweat and your tears into making an album, you know, that is, or a CD or whatever form it might take that people could actually buy. And you would get a portion of that money, especially as an independent artist. Um, you mostly get to have some of that. Um, you know, and right as we were kind of getting signed to a label and getting into that world a little bit with Randy, all of that pretty much went away with, the digitization of everything, um, you know, downloads and iTunes store coming along. That was a really big adjustment. Not that it was a huge source of income for us, but because it affected so much in the music business from the top down, everybody felt it. And that was a really big challenge to go, okay, well, this is no longer going to be our focus. I think we're still feeling it in a lot of ways. Um, it's forced everybody to sort of change how they approach the business of music. And I think in some ways it's been good because it's forced us to adapt and to improvise. 
And it's, otherwise, it's really tough because a, lo- a lot of us, and I'm sure a lot of musicians will agree with me that you put a lot of work into something and then you got to give it away for free. And sometimes that's a really hard thing to do. I could see that as extremely uh, difficult at that time, especially whenever you're dealing with it at the very beginning, whenever it's, you know, just starting out there, you know, artists right now that are, you know, getting into the Texas country music industry are already kind of used to it and uh, adapting in their own way. But whenever you first get on that, yeah, I could see how that could be extremely difficult. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a weird time for us. We caught the very end of that era of music, I think. When we first were coming up, it was still pretty common to sell CDs and um, and physical product, but you know, it's pretty much gone now. It's just maybe as a novelty. I do sell a little bit of vinyl here and there, but it's mostly just to collectors and a pretty small niche group of people. Right, vinyl's coming back, man. I'm glad, because honestly, I've, I've been a vinyl collector since... I was in high school um, for a long time, so I love it. It's it's kind of a hobby of mine. Can you tell us a little bit about your writing process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the key for me with writing is consistency. Um, I try to write regularly, even if I don't have a specific project I'm writing for. I think it's like I like to try to write at least once a week or. Um, I mean, every day would be ideal, but unfortunately, life happens and you got to take care of stuff. But um, I generally like to start in the morning. It's my favorite time to write early. The, like, if I can get up and the only place between the bed and the songbook is a cup of coffee, that's perfect. <laughs> um, so as soon as I'm up, when I'm before I'm even talked to anybody or done anything, um, I like to sit down with a cup of coffee and a pen and paper. Um, I'm old school like that. I still write it in paper in <laughs> um, a notebook. Some, and I mean, some people and, say that's the best way, man. I mean, it's it's whatever your niche is, right? Sure, sure. I mean, I, I will use the computer sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, no lie, I do go to rhyme zone sometimes and try to find a rhyme here and there. But um, I generally like to start from scratch. I mean, I may have an idea that I've written down beforehand that I want to work on. But my favorite way to really is just completely start from scratch like that early in the morning and um, see what comes out. I'll just pick up the guitar and noodle a little bit and find a riff or um, just kind of a rough idea of a couple of chords that might sound good together. And um, and sometimes I just kind of make noises to chords. I mean, it's kind of goofy sounding. <laughs> That's probably the good thing of doing that by yourself early in the morning before anybody else is up. So you can kind of <laughs> <goofball>. Right. <laughs> But um, I, I think it's a great way to find a melody. Um, and I love a, good, a song with a good melody. I mean, if you do, I'm, I'm a lyric guy too, but you really need a strong melody for me um, for it to be memorable. So a lot of times I'll start from just a melody idea. Um, occasionally I'll have a hook that I'm writing real specifically for. Like, you know, sometimes you're in a conversation with somebody and they'll say something and you go, wait, what did you say? Say that again. And you write it down. Right. Um, that, that happens occasionally, but those moments aren't really something you can mine consistently. Um, so, you know, I usually just start that way and see where it takes me. Um, I try to finish songs the same day that I start them, but every now and again you have to put them down and come back to them. Um, 
but uh, I just try to do it a lot and as much as possible. I'm a big believer in quality gives you um, quantity gives you quality. Right. Yeah, being consistent like that and uh, always keeping yourself on your toes is a best way, best outlook, I think, to think about anything, you know. You got to keep yeah, practicing sure. or uh, you'll kind of get lazy and lose. Right? Yeah, I mean, if you want to be a good mechanic, you got to work on cars every day. If you want to be, um, you know, a good salesman, you got to be selling stuff every day. Like, no matter what you do, you just got to do it a lot. If you want to be a writer, then just be a writer. Right. So, uh, <clears throat> what's your favorite song to perform live, whether it's a cover or a original? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, there's certain ones that always get a good crowd response that's nice to have. Um, with my shows, with the Razors, I, li I really like playing a song called Heartbreak Goodbye. Uh, it's from my first record. Um, that one always gets a good crowd response. I feel like it, it like, once we get to that point in the set, everybody's on board, you know, for that song. Like, they're with me, we're all in this together. It's, it's usually a good moment in the show. So I love playing that one. And then with Randy, um, man, one of my favorites to play has always been this time around. I know it's kind of old school, but it's upbeat, it's rock and roll. That's another one where by the end of it, everybody's having a good time. Right. I mean, that's a good, really good song. What advice would you give to a upcoming independent artist? Hmm. Um, right now, I'd say diversify. <laughs> right. For now. But normally, I mean, in, in a normal world, um, I would say don't give up. Stay true to your vision um, and be determined and don't and keep trying. Um, something I heard somebody say in the music business a long time ago was uh, yes means no. I'm sorry, no, no. No means no. Maybe means no. And yes means maybe. Okay. So, you know, you got to keep, obviously you don't want to pester people, but um, you've got to be really determined because you're going to hear a lot of no's and a lot of, yeah, maybe I'll call you back. Um, you know, so being an independent artist in a lot of ways is like running your own business. And I think as soon as you start thinking of it that way, um, it, it, be, it becomes a little bit more real and a little bit more urgent. Um, so, you know, take your business seriously. Like, Take your songwriting seriously. Do it a lot. Stay determined. Like, um, you know, whenever live music comes back, if you're booking yourself, block out a day every week where you do your booking. Um, you know, just make it like a business and, and take it seriously, and you'll be rewarded with it. I think if if you've got the talent and if you've got the drive to do it, um, and 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 always, you know, speak to yourself, but but put, make your songs be relatable. Because um, people, as much as I love poetry, don't get me wrong, I've written tons of songs that I think are extremely poetic. And I'm not speaking against that at all. I think you should always be artistic. But don't forget that this is a commercial music business that we're in. So you want people to understand what you're writing about and to relate to it. And that helps you connect with people. Right. Yeah, you don't want people just uh, hearing uh, your message. You You want them to connect to your message 
Yeah, absolutely. You want people to go, man, I know what he's talking about. You know, something like that happened to me one time. And I'm not saying you have to completely pander to everybody all the time. You should always be, there should be room for creativity. Um, but that's something that took me a long time to learn. I mean, I wrote songs for a long time just for me, which is fine. It's totally cool. There's nothing wrong with that at all. If you're happy doing that, more power to you. I think that's awesome. <clears throat> but to have success with it and getting other people to come see your shows, I think you got to relate to people. Right. I think that's why I've never, <laughs> I've never tried to get famous or anything. All the songs that I've ever wrote or plan on writing, either I've heard them or my wife's heard them. <laughs> that's about and it. That's okay. <laughs> and, I mean, if it makes you happy, then that's dude, that's awesome. I see. Nothing wrong with that at all. So, uh, what do you have in store for us next? Well, I have some more singles that are already recorded. <clears throat> Um, I was actually going to re start releasing this summer, but I had to shift a little bit uh, to try to adapt to everything that's going on. So I do have three more songs in the can that are going to come out, hopefully over the next year or so, um, trying to figure out the best way to release them. They're done and recorded and mastered. I've just kind of been sitting on them and waiting for the right couple of things to happen. So I'll probably put those out, um, and I want to continue putting more music out as often as possible. I think that's the world we live in right now. Is you know, you put out a song every once in a while. It's kind of like we're living in a big giant song swap. It's my turn to put out a song. I put out a song. Um, so definitely that. Um, you know, adapting to the world as it is right now. Um, you know, just to trying to keep going man trying to keep this thing happening yes sir and i think uh, we're all trying to do that right now and uh we look forward to uh your next songs coming out and uh and i hope uh, everyone goes support your endeavors with uh, your t-shirts and masks and support that uh what is it a uh, it's a foundation it's, it's a, a, an animal rescue group. They're called Orange.Crew. Um, you can go to their Facebook page, just called Orange.Crew, or you can go to uh, Friends of Austin Animal Center as well. Um, they're the parent organization that they take donations to. Or you can just go to my website, johnnychopsmusic.com. That's got all the info there. It's got merchandise and songs and pictures and videos. And, I mean, you could hang out there all day if you want. My message, take it to heart. Everything I said before, you can disregard. Pull back the curtains. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to know more about Johnny Chops, including music, merch, and how to contact him, go to johnnychopsmusic.com or search Johnny Chops Music on all social media platforms. And as always, for all of your Texas country music, merch, events, and podcasts, go to reddirtmerch.com. One silver lining, that shooting star. It's the light at the end of the tunnel, shining through the dark. Buried in the middle, in between the doubt, one spark of inspiration's waiting to come out, and I know it isn't.
star It's the light at the end of the tunnel Shining through the dark Buried in the middle In between the doubt One spark of inspiration's waiting to come out And I know 